Welcome into Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite, Casey Phillips, and Scott Smith here. And, man, we haven't been doing this for a while. We haven't done it since training camp, and that was mainly talking about what was going on there at camp. Get it, just a chance to answer everybody's questions. We've had all the roster cuts. We know who the Bucks are now, so plenty to get to today. And, again, if you're not already watching on Facebook, make sure you head over to there. And if you have any questions, thoughts, comments, all of that, leave that for us in the comments section underneath our live video. And as we give people a chance to do that, um, just want to hear your initial thoughts on now you've seen the 53 man and who's on the practice squad and what are some of the biggest things that stood out to you of either who did make it or who didn't make it. I like the way you said we know who the Bucks are now mm -hmm. because that's kind of what Bruce Arians said. He, he told the team in his first meeting with them after they came back because it was a long weekend while those cuts and roster tweaks were being made and he told them we weren't the Bucks until now. Now we're the Bucks. Right. So, uh, that's kind of that was the message to the team as well. There really wasn't a ton surprising, I don't think. Did you think so? I, I know we were we were wondering if Tanner Hudson had done enough to make the mm -hmm. team. I thought that they would keep a fourth tight end, and they did. I think they did that initially by going a little light on running back with only three of them, but now we're back to four because we uh, picked up uh, T.J. Logan as a waiver claim. That was a guy that Coach Arians really had his eye on. He was kind of hoping he'd get cut no offense to tj right. in arizona but it all worked out for everybody obviously uh didn't really think he would because he had a nice preseason over there uh it's a guy that he really wanted to get in here specifically to get the kickoff return job and i'm kind of excited about that because we haven't had much in the kickoff return game <clears throat> actually we've been pretty much last in the league the last few years right. at kickoff return so any spark in that part of the game would be useful and, and maybe as time goes on tj can help us more in things like punt returns and, and being a gunner on, and maybe even fitting into the offense a little bit right uh i know noah spence was one that seemed to kind of catch mm -hmm. some people's eye that he did not make the team so overall <clears throat> thoughts on that and then let's just go through what our defensive line will look like that was yeah. one of the big questions we had all preseason was what that was going to look like in this new three four so looking at who made the team and who didn't what what did we learn about the defensive? yeah line? i can't go so far as to say that i would have predicted that noah spence would be waived but in retrospect it's not terribly surprising when you look at the fact that he played every snap on defense in the third game he played pretty much the whole first half of the of the fourth game which is really rare for a guy who's listed as a starter he was basically the only starter who didn't uh, who played in that game and they clearly just they needed to see they they had a feeling that this wasn't working out but they they wanted to give him one last extended opportunity and coach Arian said that said nothing but positive things about Noah Spence's approach how hard he worked he said nobody worked harder it's just a f simple fact of the production per snap was not as good as the guys they kept. He right. just wasn't producing the same way that Patrick O'Connor, who was subsequently then waived and, and signed back to the practice squad, and Damone Harrison, guys like that. So, you know, it, it eventually comes down to production. Mm -hmm. You know, hopefully, I, I saw I got a tryout in Buffalo. Hopefully he gets another shot somewhere. But it wasn't terribly surprising, <clears throat> I guess, in the long run. You wish that a second round, a high second-round draft pick would be on your team longer than he was, so right. that didn't really work out. Now, you're talking about the defensive front. Obviously, Noah was in that group called outside linebackers, but I know what you mean. They line mm -hmm. up on the line for the most part. It's a little it, – I think they only kept five right now. I, I could see this evolving over time. But they only kept five down linemen, and Dominican Sue and Vita Van all that. Uh, that seems a little light to me. I would have expected six. Uh, but I think that's probably good news regarding Vita Vea's health. He was in practice yesterday, and I think they would have gone a little – deeper on that line if they thought he was going to be out for any extended time. And we did have a question from Robbie who asked, uh, was Vita limited in practice at all? Well, we didn't get a practice report because that was a bonus practice day, I mean an injury report. Uh, we'll get our first injury report today, and that's how they do it on Wednesday and Thursday. They say full practice, limited, or, or no practice at all. Um, you know, I can't really report on anything beyond 
what the media is allowed to see, which is the first 20 minutes or so, and individuals. During individuals, he was doing everything that everybody else is doing. Whether or not he was limited in the remainder of practice isn't really open to reporting right now because that part's closed, but we'll have a better answer for that at the end of practice today when we get an injury report. Okay. Uh, Eric said, I know you always hate these questions about asking about our <laughs> record, but Eric said, uh, is it wishful thinking that the Bucks could finish 11-5? and five? Well... It's yeah. I mean, I think it, by definition, it's probably wishful thinking, but not outrageous wishful thinking. Uh, I think it, what it's going to come down to is: is this defense fixed? The defense, the results on defense the last couple of years have been very, very bad. Let's be honest about it, right? Uh, I think last year had the Buccaneers had even a middle of the road defense, they probably would have won eight games instead of five. I think we won. Right. You know, you you lost a number of games by three points you, you average about 25 points a game that you should win most of your games if you're averaging 25 points a game so uh, if you get that defense improved to even just league average I think you're looking at least 500 because the offense is I don't mm -hmm. see how it's any worse than it right. was before it's pretty much intact basically and, and I think Bruce is a good offensive mind and Byron Leftwich. so the offense should be fine now if for some reason the defense doesn't improve, then obviously you can see where you get the same results. If it's better than even I expect, then maybe you can get to double-digit victories. I think it's all going to all hinge on that. Okay, but It's a little hard to predict at the moment, but it, like I said, I think it's not outrageous, but yes, a little bit of wishful thinking. Right. <coughs> uh, we had someone ask who technically took Noah Spence's spot. Would it be Shaq Barrett? No, I think Shaq Barrett uh, was going to make the team regardless, and you were going to have a rotation uh, among the off outside linebackers anyway. So I think it would be more like Damone Harris that took his spot. <clears throat> um, Scott asked, should we have kept uh, Spencer Schnell over Scotty Miller? Well, no, and I don't think so. And if they had really, really thought that Spencer Schnell was – something they really didn't want to lose, I'm sure they would have had, they would try to sign him to the practice squad, and that didn't happen. They signed Emmanuel Hall instead. Listen, I'm not saying anything negative about Spencer Schnell, but he had one really good quarter in the first game, and and that got people really excited for good reason, and, and mm -hmm. good for him and, and everybody that was excited for him. But um, <clears throat> I don't think that that meant he was all of a sudden a better prospect than Scotty Miller. Okay. Um, we had a few different questions about the safeties, and especially now that – Justin Evans is back, who the starters will be yeah. and how that safety rotation could look. That's going to depend a lot on injuries and how those guys are coming back. Mike Edwards, is you know, he hasn't played in about three weeks. Uh, is he ready to go? Because before he got his minor injury, he was clearly locking down that starting spot. And Jordan Whitehead has played very well. So I would suspect that those two would be the starting safeties to begin the season at the very least if – Health is not an issue. But then you also have Justin Evans. He just came back, and he, w he didn't really get a chance to play in any of the games. Uh, he was going to play in the final game, and then they got there in Dallas, and he, I guess he had a little bit of irritation in an Achilles. That's what Coach Arian said after the game, so they decided to hold him out. So right. is he ready to go? I totally would not be shocked if – if for some reason Mike Edwards isn't fully ready to go, if actually Darian Stewart starts the first game opposite Jordan Whitehead or along with Jordan Whitehead <coughs> – just because Stewart is a 10-year ten 10th year veteran, he really knows what he's doing and I think they probably feel comfortable putting him in there. So, it really comes down to injuries, but I think it's Edwards and Whitehead if there are no injuries involved. Okay. Uh Stevens had asked about what our backup center situation looks like. Generally, you have if you look at our depth chart, our backup center situation is blank. Yeah, that's and I think that's <laughs> kind of their their actual question said, "Why do we not have a backup?" Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, you're you 9 is a normal number to keep 5 starters and 4 backups and you keep 
two of those guys inactive usually on game day, two of them active and two inactive. So all you're really doing by leaving that blank is not putting a name. You're only putting every name on there once. Mm-hmm. Some teams will make sure that they list a backup at every spot. And some teams will just put every name on there once. So if there's an open spot, there's an open spot. Right. right. So the backup center is probably could be, you know, I would guess one of the main options would be Alex Kappa. Mm-hmm. If Ryan Jensen can't play, Alex Kappa slides over to center and somebody like Earl Watford or Zach Bailey comes in. But every team cross trains three or four guys so that they have options at center. You'll see that at the beginning of every practice. You've got, I guess we probably have four quarterback, three. Do we have a quarterback on the? Yeah, we got Nick Fitzgerald mm-hmm. on practice squad. So we've got four quarterbacks on the team right now counting the practice squad. And at the beginning of practice, they do that little drill where they have the quarterback center exchange mm-hmm. off to the side. And you'll probably see four different guys snapping the ball. It could be Earl Watford. He apparently can play all five positions. I think Alice Kappa would be one of them. Obviously, Ryan Jensen. I don't really know if the rookie Zach Bailey is in center yet, but I suspect they would probably – to train him in that. And in relation to the offensive line, Jacob asked, do you think we can expect better offensive line play than last year? Yeah, I think so. Um, It's a different scheme, and that could make a big difference. And, uh, you know, I thought that the pass protection in the preseason wasn't great. It was pretty good in the first couple games. It was it was, it was was very poor in the third game. They really made a bunch of mistakes. Uh, but all of that, even the good and the bad, is a small sample size. I, I think the team is very, very – you know, solid with uh, Donovan Smith and Ali Marpet and Ryan Jensen. Uh, DeMar Dotson, in the last three or four years, whenever he's been healthy, or, you know, as healthy as a guy who's been in the league this long can be, uh, he's been pretty good. Mm-hmm. And so the question mark and the really the weak spot last year was right guard, and that's Alex Kappa now. And they had high hopes for him all offseason, and he took that job and never let it go. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of it's going to hinge on Alex Kappa and how well he plays. It's It's that whole – only as strong, strong as your weakest link right. thing. Um, I think it will be improved, but that's definitely a unit that has to prove itself. Okay. <clears throat> Kyle asked, was this a surprise that MJ Stewart is listed ahead of Sean Murphy Bunting? No, and I, it was actually a little – the only reason it wasn't switched earlier is because teams don't really put much attention into their depth chart during the preseason when you got 90 guys and there's all kinds of shuffling going on. But when you make your first one for the regular season, you try to make it reflect reality – and the reality is MJ Stewart is your starting nickelback right now. And so therefore, he has a job where he's going to be on the field for 50, 60, 65% of the snaps, whereas of the moment, I don't think Sean Murphy Bunting has that role. I'm sure he will at some point. But it's Carlton Davis and Vernon Hargraves, and then MJ's your third guy. So mm-hmm. he should be listed ahead of him. And uh, we'll close with this one. Eric said, how do you think time will be split between Peyton and Rojo? Getting a lot closer to 50-50 at this point, I think. Um, I would have not said that going into the offseason. I would have thought more like maybe 70-30, and that was hopeful that Rojo was going to have a bigger role. But he just looks like a guy that, if you needed him to be, could be in every down back. I'm talking about Ronald Jones mm-hmm. at this point. He's He ran well in between the tackles during training camp, and he also has that explosiveness out on the edges that I think he's the only guy that gives you that right now. So I think – as Coach has said on several occasions, if somebody has a hot hand, they're going to stick with it. So I could see Rojo having a good game, being in the middle of a good game, and, and Coach deciding just to keep feeding him, and then you're getting a lot closer to 50-50. Right. All right, well, thank you so much for joining us on this edition of Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. We'll have another live show 45 minutes before kickoff on Sunday. We hope to see you guys there at the stadium or at least watching online. See you then.